and I know it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, when I've talked to people who are in a calorie deficit and they're like, well, you know what? I'm in a calorie deficit and I'm tired. Yeah, no f-ing shit. <laughs> I know that you're tired and that's so real. And now we have to, you know, everyone, not everyone, but people have been on diets and have looked at, well, I can't work out during this time because I'm in this diet and I'm just really tired all the time. That's so real. But bringing it back to health, is that good for you? The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm back up in this bitch. <laughs> and she's back. Apparently, I like to come I in hot. Know. I just like to come in hot. I yeah. don't like to come in, like, I don't like to creep in the door. I like to, like, bang it down. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been one to creep in. <laughs> I'm back in this bitch. Not that I've experienced. It's a cat. The microphone's really in the middle of us here. I yeah, it is. Hey there. Dodging around hey to there. see you. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back because uh, spring seems to have sprung. Yeah, kind of today. Well. You know what? We live in f- Massachusetts. 55 is spring is sprung. Yeah, but the, it could be 30 and snowing tomorrow. We don't know. You know what? We don't I, know what the fuck is going on here. The thing <laughs> I like about 55 and sunny is that I feel like it's okay to wear the new tie-dye capris when yeah. it's like – because like in Massachusetts, if Time. if it's like 55, people are in short sleeves drinking iced coffees. <laughs> Like, they're going to the beach. Like, people are real excited. So when you wear, like, bright colors, people are like, yeah, girl. Like, we in here. It signifies the spring has come. We're ready. No matter if it's actually here or not, we're ready. And so I don't feel like a crazy lunatic walking around in my bright color tie-dye capris today. I feel like I'm one of the people. You're telling the world. You know what? It's here. And these are so freaking cute. They just make me so happy. Yeah. I love them so much. (laughs) And lucky for you, everybody, they're coming out on Friday. So we can share them. We can finally share them with everyone else. I know a ton of girls in our group have been like, when can we have these on my booty? Because I need them now. Stat. It's time. It's we've. I feel like I've been waiting on this one longer yeah. than any. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're my favorite. But like I've been waiting so long to get these out there. And I'm so glad that finally Friday is the day you'll be able to get your booty in these bright, sunny, super fun new tie-dye skull capris that we have coming out. And lucky day for you, we're giving you a discount code this episode. Oh, shit. You listen to our podcast, we give you a discount code. So keep on listening to this episode in the middle somewhere, maybe in the beginning, maybe the end. Who knows? We're going to going to come at you. You don't know because we're here. Because we're here. Well, I'm, I'm back in this bitch and I'm knocking the door down and I'm giving you a discount code wherever I see fit in this episode. So <laughs> you never know what can, when it could come, but it will be for a discount on your order for Friday's big release. So keep on listening. Um, and what's this episode about? 
This episode, oh shit, this is an important episode. This episode, we you say that every finally time. Finally, talking. I know, but we, you know, we talk about important shit. So that's true. <laughs> it's a grandiose idea. That's very grandiose <laughs> of you. Uh, well, we do talk about important shit on here, but today we're going to talk about the calories. Oh God, the calorie debate. And I think that a lot of our listeners have asked for more nutrition information. And we hear you. We, we hear, hear you. you. Mm-hmm. And we are here to bring it today. We're bringing it. We're bringing it. Um, but we're going to talk about the big calorie debate today. And I think that how we want to start that is to just think about the big picture a little bit and how we're looking at the calories in versus calorie out debate. And science is arguing it. Different diets are arguing it. And to just come into this episode with an open mind, willing to have a discussion. Because I think that's where we get in our society as humans. That's where we get stopped by progressing is not willing to have a conversation about the information that we're getting and kind of dissect it together. Luckily for you, we've spent a lot of time dissecting this information and trying it out. (laughs) And a lot of people are, but I ask that you come into this episode with a really open mind. Listen, the the bottom line of this episode is you have to come in with an open mind because the the problem isn't solved. Yeah. If the problem was solved already with the information that we have, people would be healthy. They there would be not an epidemic of obesity and yeah, I mean, health related diseases. I mean, the fact is, is the problem isn't solved, and that's a universally accepted fact. So. You have to accept all information with an open mind when it comes to health and nutrition because we still haven't solved the problem. Yeah, I I think that's something that we can all agree on. And then once you get information, you can think critically for yourself and decide what makes sense to you. You know, that's why I always think in the – you know, I listen to people that don't agree with me on the health and – in the health and diet industry and people that align more with my views, but listening to all sides of it and then deciding I'm going to think critically about this situation and figure out what makes sense to me. And I think that's what we really encourage our listeners to do throughout everything we do is just empower you with information that you can decide what's useful for you. Totally. When you stop listening, you stop learning. So, oh, yeah. I used to tell my students that. They used to be like, shut up, Miss Hellier. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, no, really, you, you got to listen to all points of view. And that's what we're going to present is, um, I think, probably a little bit of a controversial point of view today on calories in, calories out. Definitely. Because um, we're not sort of with the mainstream on this. In, in my mind, the mainstream has fed the message that in order to lose weight, you need to be in a caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that is important in the weight loss fight is, and it's always a fight, you're always fighting against your own body for some reason, but that's beyond. The only important factor is that you expend less calories than you consume. That's how you lose weight. That's the magical pill. That's the answer. And anybody who isn't losing weight isn't in a caloric deficit. That's the message being spread everywhere. I think that's the mainstream message. Burn more than you consume and you will lose weight. That's funny because, I don't know, uh, why is the obesity epidemic continue to rise if we have the answers? of Is everybody lying? (laughs) Is everybody who says they're in a caloric deficit, are they all lying and, and they're not actually in a caloric deficit? I would say no. I would say no. 
Well, I think that science has a um, a reputation of when they're not correct, blaming the participants. <laughs> I think that we tend to have like if if something doesn't agree with us, and we say like, oh then you must have been lying. And we have- You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. So I think that we have an entire you know, community of people who have said, yeah, but I've tried that. And yeah, but I'm in a huge caloric deficit. I'm eating less calories than I've ever eaten and I'm not losing any weight. So what's going on here? But even more so than that, we have an entire community that have, has done that and has cut their calories and- lost some fat or decreased their body weight and has not been able to maintain it. So I think that, you know, when we say something works, except we can't maintain it, we have to, we, we look at ourselves. And if you've listened to our episode on diets, why diets fail and how we blame ourselves or say like that diet worked, I just failed to maintain it. We're, we're so looking at the symptoms always, you know, and not just that the result is still the result. We weren't able to decrease body fat percentage over a long period of time. Now, I want to talk to people who have been able to figure that out and decrease their body fat percentage, improve improve their health and maintain that and not yo-yo up and down. Like, let's figure out what they're saying. What are they what doing? What has worked? Because that's what actually works. Now, the obesity epidemic has been on the rise continuously since the 1980s. Right now in 2019, as a society, we consume fewer calories than we did in 2003, yet the obesity epidemic has continued to stay on the rise. That's the facts. And what we want to look at with this episode is maybe it's not so much how much you're eating but what you're eating. And what we want to challenge is anybody who tells you that there is a set amount of calories that you must adhere to every day, a certain amount of macros, all all of whatever different nutrition guide you're following. If you get a macro count or a calorie count and there is no inclusion of quality of food in there, like you have 1,400 calories for this day and nobody tells you in what ways those calories will come into your body, just that you have them to use, that is bullshit. (laughs) No? Yeah, absolutely. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. um, You know, sometimes I go with misinformed, but Rachel will just say that is absolute bullshit. Knocking down the door. Yeah. Knocking down. I'm so, I'm, I'm just, I'm really tired of the amount of time that people have wasted. Absolutely. The amount of self-blame they've put on themselves and the amount of time that they haven't been able to live their happiest, healthiest life mm. because people have been totally telling them to eat 1,200 calories. They're literally starving and there's no one telling them what those 1,200 calories should be composed of. So they are staying in the same place. Well, it's looking at the body in such a singular way. And I think that sometimes, you know, 
just as humans, sometimes we can get caught up on symptoms of what's going on. And I always say, you know, I've been through many ups and downs in my um, health and wellness journey. And I was a calorie counter at one time. And looking back at those, you know, I always wish, I was telling someone this the other day, I always wish I could just skip over all those times and just come to where I am now. Where I'm like, nah, girl. Nah, nah, though. No. Because they they allow me to understand where you're at. Where you're at sometimes when you said like, well, people told me to count calories and, you know, some of this has worked for me for a period of time. Now, when we're looking at decreasing fat on the body, we're looking at what? So if you're carrying excess fat on your body, that is a symptom of what? Of your health, right? Something is not working properly. You know, the health of your body is suffering and now you're carrying excess fat. As a result. As a result. That's the result of a more complex issue issue in your body. It's just the result. It's not the actual problem Mm -hmm. is not the fat storage. Exactly. It's a symptom of the actual problem. Exactly. So as we're just running around only treating symptoms and not actually treating the problem – it's just that. It's just a short-term fix. Now, I was talking to Rachel about before this podcast started about just how complex the body is. We have gone through It's this. incredible. It's incredible. When we have gone through the complexity of the human body, you know, it's not something that you as a listener need to like all the way dive into because like you do have people that are sifting through. I mean, we don't all have the freaking time to like a go damn and, scientist. I don't know about go the Krebs cycle. Yeah, I mean, to go into the complexity of the body and, and really come out with an understanding. But that's why we have to look at some of these similarities and say like the body is absolutely complex. So bring, breaking it down to, well, it just needs calories in versus calories out and it doesn't matter what happens in the process. It's kind of like, Hmm. I, I love that. Hmm. I, so I'm saying it when you take a, a a complex being like as as complex as the human body, and you say that there is any simple answer regarding what the human body does, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely re- nothing about the human body is simple. Not one single thing. The complexities are amazing. And when you break down the human body and just say, well, it's just about taking in less calories and you're burning, you are so ignoring the amount of complexities that the human body has. And it's acting as it's if rude. That, yeah. You're acting as if fat tissue operates alone, that it doesn't have, that your metabolic rate doesn't, doesn't um, affect it in any way, that other organs aren't working, that your hormones aren't there. It's like, oh, oh, we cut out all of those things? They're not working? Oh, interesting. Yes. When you look at calories alone by themselves in a controlled lab setting, they act the same. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's fine. You can take a calorie, remove it from all of the other processes in, in the human body, and you can say, this is what a calorie does by itself. But what you can't do as a scientist is know exactly the path that a calorie takes once it enters your body and all of the interactions that it has with the body because those are not known by science. It, it's Honestly, it's just question marks. And they vary, which is what, what science doesn't like. You can't measure. That your body varies. And they're like, no, no, you don't fit into my, you don't fit into my nice box here. Oh, why? Because you're a different human? Oh. So whenever, so here, see, here's what we're going to 
really break down in this episode is that if you have been following a calorie, a strict calories in, calories out mindset, and you have come up against one of the following, which is super, super common, A, not being able to maintain X amount of cal- – like say you're on a very low calorie deficit and you say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to only take in, you know, a dangerously low amount of calories, 1,200 calories a day, right? And then you saw some results from that. However, you found that impossible to maintain – we're talking to you. If you have a situation where you've been in a caloric deficit but have now plateaued, where you're eating the same amount of calories and working out the same amount, and you you saw that initial weight loss, but now it's stalled and you're not losing any more weight and your, your body composition is not changing and your fat storage is not changing, we're also talking to you. What we need to start looking at is not the amount of calories that you're taking in, but what those calories are made up of. So simply put, different foods are metabolized by the body differently. And this is a universally accepted fact that when a food goes into your body, it has encoding on it, messages, and it tells the body essentially what to do with it. So when we talk about different foods being metabolized differently, what we mean is the energy expenditure that is necessary for food A to break it down, digest it, use the nutrients, et cetera, or food B, it's, those, those are going to vary based on the food. And I think we've seen this with so many different diets that they're seeing results that are very similar in different ways. And they're, they're proving this to themselves, right? We have a diet of calories in versus calorie out, lower the calorie intake. We see uh, results of some fat loss. Okay, cool. So then we see a low-carb diet and we say, oh, they're, they're, they seem to be losing for a period of time some fat too. Okay, low-fat diet. We're seeing that they're losing body fat for a period of time as well. So all of these people, to, to, to look at the diet industry and say one is correct, they're all arguing with each other and we're saying, wait a minute, as just a critical thinker, we're saying that you guys are all seeing similar results, but you're not looking at the commonality there. So you're arguing, oh, it must have been calories. Oh, it must have been fat. Oh, it must have been carbs. Or it's the way your body is metabolizing the nutrients that it's taking in. So when we talk about the the way your body metabolizes nutrients differently, what we mean is, in essence, whole foods require more energy to digest than processed foods. And that's across the board. So when you're taking a processed food, basically in the most simplest terms, it's so processed that the digestive system isn't really taking much from it, Yeah, to be honest. It doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. There's no nutrients to be gained. And so I guess in a, in a really simplistic way, the body doesn't need a lot of energy to digest it because it's not really taking anything from it. As opposed to whole foods who are nutrient dense. Now, those are going to be used and broken down by the body very differently. And it's actually going to take a lot of energy from your body to break those foods down, to digest them, to send them to the systems that need them, the nutrients, to spread it throughout your body. So let's take a picture to a kindergarten classroom. And let's say, here's a picture of 
a McDonald's fry and it's 160 calories. And here's 160 calories of broccoli. Guys, kindergartners, which one's healthier? I think it's great to go back to our common sense. You know, I we've think overcomplicated we overcomplicated it. Like a group a of, of kindergartners can tell you that 160 calories of broccoli is going to be far superior to 160 calories of fries. But why in the in in now in our adult life yep. do we say, well, those are both 160 calories, so it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. The kindergartners freaking know it matters. <laughs> You've overcomplicated what you already know to be true and our common sense to be true, that whole foods are always a better decision. They're always more nutritious. And it isn't just 160 calories and 160 calories, and those are going to do the same things in the body. Come on now. Come on now. 160 calories of fries is going to do a, the same things in the body as 160 calories of broccoli. Well, you know why? Because we, uh, as adults, a lot of us have become obsessed with fat on our bodies and what that, how do I, how do I lose or pounds? You know, I always refer to it as fat, but like common language is uh, the weight. What is my weight? And we're always looking to decrease, usually always looking to decrease that number. And we've become so obsessed with that symptom and how we're going to fix that symptom that we forget about the health of our bodies and a healthy body looks like what you're trying to achieve. So if we change our focus and we've, you know, we've said this in several of our podcasts that our focus is health. So I know a lot of the naysayers are going to argue with us, but you can lose fat this way. Okay. To maintain a healthy body, this is how you do it. And you can't really And it doesn't in involve McDonald's fries. Yeah. No matter how many calories they are, it's, if you want to be healthy and you want your body to run well, the quality of your calories is always going to matter 10 times out of 10. And I don't, there is no arguing with me on that. <laughs> and I just, I'm sorry. There is no calories in, calories out argument that can ever tell me that 160 calories coming from whatever source, it doesn't matter, is always going to be the same in my body. That is ridiculous. Kindergartners know that's ridiculous. And we need to go back to what we already know to be true, just from our common sense logic. Mm -hmm. So really, real talk. And take the focus off the symptoms, you know? Take the focus off of just what fat is looking like on our bodies and being like, okay, how are my organs functioning? If they're functioning at the best at their best ability, is my metabolism working correctly? Is my body getting the correct amount of nutrients that it needs? The body is going to follow suit. And when we when we talk about like the symptoms and stuff, and I and I I love that because you know what people often overlook is that a body that is unhealthy and and lacking in nutrients is naturally going to hold on to more fat stores because it thinks it's starving. Now this is one of the one of the things that really bothers me the most about like an overweight person going to their doctor and their doctor saying you know you've got you've got weight to lose i need you to be in a caloric deficit i need you to you know 1400 calories a day whatever no emphasis on the quality of those calories just count them and and whatever just make sure you're at that deficit when we look at that what we're seeing is we can have hugely overweight or obese people 
literally starving and not losing fat stores because nutritionally they are so underserved that their body does not think that it's going to survive and it's holding on to everything that it it possibly can. Because without nutrients, the body is in survival mode. Mm -hmm. It's in, I mean, we've heard a lot about this and well, it's it's just, it's, it's so, it's not funny to me, but it's interesting to me that we can look at, we can diagnose, you know, um, overweight and then anorexia people. And we say, both of these people are sick. Correct? Like as a community, we say both of these people have an illness. They're symptomatically different, but their bodies are malnourished. So You can be malnourished at any weight. Yeah. And when you are malnourished, your body will show symptoms in varying ways. It could be to hold on to more fat. It could be it it could be to, you know, get a disease. Like mm-hmm a cancer or a diabetes. These th- these are symptoms of a malnourished body and just looking at calories in, calories out and not focusing on the health of your body will continue to have mal- a malnourished population that is sick and showing symptoms in obesity, showing symptoms in diseases, showing symptoms in various ways. And when we really break it down, I want to look at different Okay, I think this is a really important thing because people are like, all right, well, quality of food. Okay, I know broccoli is more healthy than fries. Great, Rachel. Let's, let's whatever, whatever, <laughs> hey, whatever. But, <laughs> but I don't like broccoli. <laughs> when we look at the foods that you're consuming, I think it's important to take certain foods and look at them critically and what, because we do know when a certain food goes into your body, what's encrypted in that food for your body to do, there are positives Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there are are sort of more negative foods that are affecting your body in different ways. So let's look at fructose for the biggest example. That's that's a great one. Okay. So that's sugar. And and fructose is going to include all of the forms of sweetener. So I think that across the the, um, community, the nutrition community, I think that we all agree that fructose is damaging. High sugar diet is damaging, um, to your health. So we're talking about all sweeteners here. We're not saying, you know, organic sweeteners are okay. Stevia is okay. You know, whatever, whatever kind of sweetener you're including, your body is sending the same encrypted message when it receives fructose and it's ingested into the body, here's what happens. Fructose sends out immediate spikes in the blood sugar. So when your body receives fructose, the blood sugar is immediately spiked. And when it does not have a slow digesting fiber to go along with that, what happens is the body cannot handle the amount of sugar it needs to, fructose that it needs to break down. And so it releases insulin as an assistant to help break down all of the sugar. When you have excess amounts of insulin in your body, it's not good. (laughs) Here's what insulin does. It blocks appetite control hormone called leptin. And so basically what what sugar does in fructose is it blocks the signal to your brain that tells you you're full. It just sends the hunger signal continuously because although the body has received something, it hasn't received nutrients. So insulin released 
then in turn blocks your appetite control hormone. It releases dopamine, which is happy, 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 happy. Mm-hmm. Yay. I love this. And dopamine also is, it's also released when you do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's also released when you work out. It's the happy hormone. We have sex. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's all dopamine. So, so when people say like the pleasure of eating ice cream, like feels similar to sex, like they're not lying. Like that, <laughs> it does feel similar because it's that same hormone that's released and it has an addictive quality because of course feeling good is addicting. So when you, the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you crave. But it's spiked at a rapid rate instead of at a gradual rate, which happens, you know, as, as you metabolize different foods, you're still getting this release of insulin, but not at such a rate sugar is. It's just spikes. And we know that because when people, you know, when, when someone is like, passing out or low blood sugar or whatever. We want to give them something that spikes it really quick, right? We don't hand them like some almonds because we know that's going to metabolize different. Right. So that's a great point. And calories from fructose and that immediate insulin release that is in excess. Basically, in simple terms, when insulin is released in that high of an amount, the body cannot handle it all at once. And so that is going to be used as fat stores. So those calories are far more likely to be stored as fat because they're an overload for the body. There's too much fructose, there's too much insulin, and therefore we're taking that and storing it somewhere because we can't process it all at once. Now, of course, with fructose, there is no fiber, no vitamins, no minerals, no nutrients. It's what we like to call an empty calorie. And this is the difference between why – this is why calories in, calories out is not that simple of an argument because there are There's other organs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, weird. Fancy that. (laughs) There are other things that happen with calories and there are other things that are given to your body that send signals to use the calories in different ways. And when you ingest empty calories, basically you're getting the calories in, but you're getting none of the nutrients that go along with calories. And fructose is the biggest offender when it comes to this. And of course, fructose does not satiate hunger in any way. So you're not any less hungry. You get a big spike, and people people are they really this. people are familiar this. with this yeah. because I think they say, I'm has, still hungry. They get a big and spike in blood sugar, lying. but they're not. They're not lying. There's the science backs them up 100. percent Yeah, we're just a, not willing to look at that because we want to blame people. That's why I can't have people be blamed any longer because the the symptoms they're feeling are real, and what what they're describing is accurate. This big spike in blood sugar, then the huge crash because there are no slow digesting nutrients, no fiber, nothing that's happening to give that energy any any more length. It's just a quick spike, a huge crash, and then what happens when your energy levels crash? Your brain sends signals that it's hungry because it's hungry for nutrients. So people get stuck in this circle of like, horrible nutrition where they eat something high in fructose, they get a big energy spike, they're going, 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 they get a huge crash. Then they eat something else high in fructose, they get a big energy spike, insulin. Now, what that does over time is your insulin levels are constantly raised. They're elevated to a level that is 
unhealthy for the body. They're always working. And when your insulin is constantly raised, everything that you eat is more likely to get stored as fat. So adversely, we're going to talk about protein, which I think is commonly accepted as like, we need more protein, we need more protein. So there, the base behind that is actually, is correct. Protein is an excellent source for your body. I mean, that doesn't mean that it can come in any way. Now, if you're adding it with one of these sugars, like we talked about, we're not doing exactly what it needs to, which is when we start to get into like a protein powder. When you're adding it with something that's giving opposite signals, we're like, wait a minute, what exactly are we doing here? Right. So just keep that in mind when we when we talk about the benefits of protein and how important it is for your body. If you put it in a bar with a bunch of sugar, it's not having the same effect as we're talking about with bingo, protein. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> if you add fructose to it, you're still getting the spike in insulin and all those negative factors. So protein's great. Fructose, not so much. Don't put them together. Yeah. So protein has much more energy expenditure to process. So about 23% more. So 100 calories of protein can with absorption with absorption will end up as 75 calories. So once it enters the body, it's not like this is this stays the same no matter what. And we know that because it uses it differently. I mean, we know what is going to spike our insulin levels. We know what is healthy for our body. It's going to feed our muscles as opposed to, you know, lead to fat. So we know these things, but when it comes to calories, we just decide that it all metabolizes the same. Yeah. Maybe in a lab. Yeah. under universal conditions, but not when it's mixed with all of the processes of your body. And that is the really important thing when we separate a calorie from a calorie, a calorie from um, soda, from a calorie from almonds. They're t- so totally different, not because they're totally different by themselves. By themselves, they're the same. But when they are mixed with your body, that's when they become different. And of course, because we all have a different genetic makeup, everyone also, to make it even more complicated, (laughs) uses calories in a different way based on your hormone levels, based on your genetics, based on your current health level. So let's talk about fullness according to the brain. I think that, I mean, a lot of our listeners say like, okay, I get what you're saying and it makes sense. But what I've heard a lot is like, I don't know what to eat, (laughs) you know? And I, and that makes me, it makes me feel bad too for like our society that we've had to be some, and some of us like be afraid of like what to eat because we see all of these things, high protein, this high protein bars, and then you know, they're taking a baseline idea and made it not work the way that it's supposed to. Well, it's to. a freaking race to the bottom though, it because is. when when you look at the food industry and you say, okay, what what are the goals of the food industry is to make more money by spending the least amount possible. Whole foods, growing it <laughs> and, you know, processing it that is expensive and you're not going to really be able to do that very cheaply. Whereas processed foods are much cheaper to produce Mm -hmm. and you can have a much bigger profit margin. So when people say they're confused on what to eat, it's not a surprising thing at all because the majority of the choices that we have 
are processed because that's making the food industry the most amount of money. I mean, it's a business. Well, different foods reduce hunger. Okay. So we have to actually look at that because a lot, you know, we're hungry (laughs) and your body is hungry and needs the nutrients. So different foods that rank higher on reducing hunger, beef, eggs, beans, fruit, these are whole foods that are going to tell your body, okay, my need for hunger, my need for nutrients has been met. Now, other foods that rank very low on telling your brain that it's full, cookies, Coke, donuts, ice cream. And you might even, I mean, I know for a, for a lot of people, they, they probably, this resonates with them, that you eat some ice cream, you eat like a pint of ice cream, a good amount, and you feel full right away. And then just like a little while later, you're like, hmm, I'm hungry again. Well, that's that cycle that we talked about, yes. huge spikes in blood sugar and then a huge crash. And when your body is low on energy, it demands nutrients. That's how it feeds its energy stores. So it's not that you're not hungry after you just ate a pint of ice cream. You are hungry. But what you're hungry for is nutrients, yeah. not calories. That's why the calories in, calories out argument just doesn't hold water anymore because it does not account for how much energy it takes your body to actually break down these things. The more processed the food, the easier it is broken down, the less nutrients it has, the less hard, the less work your body has to do. Yeah, so, so you don't want your body to not be working. I mean, we know work, that. Girl, in, work. We know that in every other setting, right? A, a sedentary setting, like we know that like, wait, no, that's not good for our body is to not be working, to not be walking around. Like in every other aspect, we accept this reality. But then when it comes to our organs, we say like, no, no, you don't need to work. I'm going to make this into a shake so you don't have to break it down. No, wait a minute. Break it down. Break it down. I want you to break down. I want my metabolism to be working. I want my body to do that its functions that it is designed to do. So screw your juice cleanse. Screw your juice cleanse. Because your metabolism doesn't need a break, neither does your heart or your lungs. They don't need a break to stop working for a while. We need to actually be feeding these organs to say, like, okay, you know, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've gone off track. A little bit. You know, we've given you foods that you don't need to work Quick to break fix. down. Right. Yeah. And then we expect your body to be hungry and to still expend the energy that we expect it to. So it's it's not in it's my mind. It's slowed because it doesn't need slowed. to work as hard. Why would it and work as hard? It doesn't need to. Tired. Like we are tired, you know, and, and when people say like, I can't, I'm tired. I have low energy, but you know, I'm, oh man. When people, when I'm, when honestly, and I know it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, when I've talked to people who are in a calorie deficit and they're like, well, you know what? I'm in a calorie deficit and I'm tired. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I know that you're tired and that's so real. And now we have to, you know, everyone, not everyone, but people have been on diets and have looked at, well, I can't work out during this time because I'm in this diet and I'm just really tired all the time. That's so real. But bringing it back to health, is that good for you? In the long term, how many times have we put our body through these diets and then the, these this lifestyle where we're sitting all the time, we're not moving, and we're expecting to have muscle mass and to have strength and for our metabolism to work the same as when we stopped it for a little while and then we and then we thought we were going to go on a juice cleanse or we thought we were going to cut out fats completely from our diets or we were going to go on a severe calorie deficit and that our body was going to just continue to chug along. It will recover. It always recovers. Such a resilient. It is the most resilient, but 
you know, when you think about the body and how complex it is, it is so resilient all the time to infection, which is what we talked about a little bit before this started, is that when your body, you know, gets an infection, you know, your fever spikes, our bodies like to hang out at 98 degrees, um, typically, 90.6, whatever it is. But, you know, our temperature will spike when there's an infection, right? So we're going to fight that. And that, and then those are those are symptoms, right? The, the, the increase in body temperature is a symptom. So you can say, okay, we need to bring that body temperature down. We need to decrease fat. I'm relating this to fat, guys. <laughs> there is an end, there is an end goal here, but you know we need to decrease fat. So we're gonna you know decrease your body temperature right away. Put you in a cold bath, whatever it is. But you have not actually treated the infection that has come into your body. So yeah, you may decrease your body temperature for a period of time. You may lose fat for a period of time, but we haven't treated the infection. So the the fact that you stall out there, you know, once you get out of the cold bath and if you don't get some antibiotics to treat your infection, you're going to stay sick. And that is why, right there, is why quality of food is the most important aspect of health and nutrition because the fat, the excess fat, the the slow metabolism, the no energy, it's the all symptoms. It's symptoms of a bigger problem. And the only way that you're going to address the actual problem is through nutrition. It is not through a caloric deficit. Now, you can be eating a nutritious diet and be in a caloric deficit at the same time because, of course, nutrient-dense foods are so complex that it takes a lot to break them down. Absolutely. So you, you – And you're going to expend more energy. <laughs> throughout the day doing it. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Because these are longer lasting foods that take so much energy from your body. So and now you're treating. Now illness. we're treating it. Now we're not just hopping in a cold bath and saying, well, you know, for, for a month or two, I'm going to be in a caloric deficit and I'm going to see some weight loss. No, instead, we're going to fix the systems that are broken in the first place that are leading to that fat storage, that extreme insulin spikes throughout yeah. your day that have now caused the insulin levels in your body to be high all the time. And those cravings. The cravings that come yes. from the extreme amounts of sugar that you're taking in, the dopamine that's released, the hunger, the appetite that is never being satiated because of the lack of nutrients in your body. So quality every single time, that's 10 true. times out of the week, that goes for workouts, that goes for food, that goes for anything regarding your body. It and life. Want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we, we can that's say why that I have for two everything. friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them, but I'm related. Well, <laughs> that might not be why I have such a lack of friends. But <laughs> quality is the key. Food choices are the key. And when you start looking at the quality of food that is being put into your body, the calories are going to be less important. Absolutely. Because when you look at quality of food, you don't actually know how much it's taking you to break down specifically those foods, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot more than when you take in processed foods. Um, in, a, in a study that was recently done, they took a control group, they fed them processed foods, I think it was 800 calories, 
of a processed food. And then they looked at the energy expended to digest that. And then they took another group and they gave them eight, same amount of calories, 800 calories of nutrient-dense foods. Mm-hmm. And they looked at how much they used, how much energy expenditure it took them to digest. And let me give you a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The group with the nutritious 800 calories took twice as much energy to digest those calories there you go right there. And There's think, your deficit. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're now – You're still in a deficit. You, right, because However, you're, you're still able to – your energy levels are going to be higher because you're, you, you don't get that spike. You have that slow rise and that's why people who have nutrient-dense food – this is not argued. People who eat nutrient-dense food – overall have more energy, right? So they're moving more. And then you're like, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where you're like, well, you just move a lot all the time. You have more energy. Uh-huh. And you make better choices. Not That's a symptom too. That's a symptom. And it's not just like, well, you're lucky you have more energy. And it's not a blaming, you know, people who have those low energy levels and they, they're trying. They might be in a caloric deficit, but they're not getting the nutritious foods that they need and their body isn't using all of that energy to metabolize of it and then have extra to give to your workout, right? Totally And we know that. we People have said like, well, you know, I'm in this, you know, I talk to a girl all the time. She's like, well, I'm in this cut phase and I just don't have any energy. And I'm like, and she's like, but I just need to make it through, you know, this phase and then I'll be on a maintain and I'll be better. And it's like, is this how you want to live your life? And and what are you doing to your body during that time? And this is for a, you know, a, a maintenance or like, you know, you're trying to lose weight and this is the, you know, what you've been directed to do. And I'm not going around being like, you're wrong, but kind of in the podcast. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> but that it's just not working. And it's not going to work long term. And we're not learning anything in the process. And we're not going around having more energy and saying like, oh, okay, my my body is working correctly now. It's and not we're just working about, towards health. It's, it's not just about improving your body composition. It's about improving your body's health. Because a healthy body maintains a healthy body composition naturally. Yes. It does it on its own. It doesn't need a, a cut and then a maintain phase. A healthy body that is receiving correct nutrients, correct movement, and correct hydration, Absolutely. stress reduction, all of sleep, sleep. <laughs> a, a body that is doing all of these things well maintains a natural body fat percentage that is healthy. Yeah. And so let's look less at treating the fat as its own problem yes. and let's look at why the fat is being packed on. Oh, shit. We never get the discount code. Oh, shit. It's at the end. Oh, my God. It's way at the end. Oh, well. Discount code. (laughs) (laughs) When you get carried away. Yeah. You know, we get passionate about this one. Oh, my God. We get passionate about this one because it's so – it's so misunderstood. It's so misguided. And it's so widely accepted. And that's what is the hardest for me is that the health professionals that we trust, you know, you can go into your doctor's office and hear a doctor say, yeah, just, you know, take in less calories every day and like, you'll be good. 
and and they don't give any emphasis on and the, you can go to a nutritionalist oh god and they a nutritionalist will give you you know macros and calories mm-hmm. with no basis around so you you know if you want to get your calories from like you know tacos at Taco Bell or if you want to get it from broccoli i mean it's pretty much the same like that <laughs> is just well it, i think it's it's so um like we know the quality of food at um, Taco Bell versus if we, you know, make some at home. We can taste the difference between those, right? But we're not trusting our taste buds anymore. With that quality of food is completely different. And we need to recognize that, like almost like trust yourself in some ways and not just what you're hearing because then we go back to the kindergartner example and we say, which one is healthier? And you're like, oh, wait, I know the answer to this. You know the answer. You've known the answer all along. Let's really look hard at going to the grocery store and above all else, not turning over to see the nutrition label, turning over to see the ingredient level and looking for foods that are essentially more nutrient rich, that are more difficult to digest, needing more energy expenditure and more complex. Ingredient list. That's different than the nutrition labels. So we are going to look at quality of food above anything else. And I promise, I promise you, if you change over to a whole food diet where you are eating real food all the time, preparing your meals, and you are not focused so much on calorie intake or… You know what? Let's just stop. Like let's change the focus from like the fat to our health. Start there. Start with your health. I think that's such – I wish that like, you know, that that this message could be widely spread because I've been there when I've been focusing on the calories and the fat on my body. And I remember not only that mindset, but how my body was functioning as opposed to switching over to the health of my body and what that looks like now. And it's like, oh, man – I don't have to work as hard as this at this. I just focus on what the health of my body is, what it needs, and it takes care of itself. It's a beautiful, beautiful instrument. Mm-hmm. And the better you take care of it, the better it will work. So if you're having problems with, you know, storing massive amounts of fat or you're having problems with your energy levels or you're having problems in any respect, bring it back to the food. Look really critically at why these symptoms exist and treat the problem. Let's give our discount code. Oh my God. It's a podcast, one word. Podcast. (laughs) Podcast is your discount code for $5 off. So if you listen to this podcast and made it this far, you do get a discount code. We're thinking about putting it in the middle. But here we are at the end. We got really fired up. Oh, damn. (laughs) And you are going to be – So kicking it in your brand new tie-dye skull leggings that are so bright and so beautiful. And I am so excited. So get your hands on the pictures of them everywhere. I know. They're so bright. They're like the most cheerful. I just love them. Yeah. Get your hands on those on Friday and we love you. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Dye Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. 
This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out constantlyvariedgear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.